The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, Walmart and Sam's Clubs are providing accessible prescription labels. Another ACB special interest affiliate reaches a milestone and the American Council of the Blind is represented on the new advisory committee of a federal agency. Welcome to ACB Reports for October 2019. During the recent conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind, Walmart and Envision America, the manufacturer of the ScriptTalk Accessible Prescription Labeling System, announced the availability of these labels for Walmart and Sam's Club customers at over 1,100 locations across the United States. Clark Rackville, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind, introduced the team that made the announcement. Ten years ago, ACB and Walmart started collaborating together. That relationship has really flourished over the past year or so including a trip of our executive director, Eric Bridges, to Walmart headquarters in Bentonville, Arkansas for a National Disability Employment Awareness Month presentation. And that kicked off some conversations that I was brought up to speed on earlier this year. And over the past few months, we've been working very closely with some representatives and their teams who are here today And I don't want to steal their thunder, but I I will say thank you to Walmart and Envision America. And I would like to introduce Amanda Tolson, the Director of Sale for Envision America. And following Amanda will be Warren Moore, Vice President of Health and Wellness Operations for Neighborhood Markets, and Kevin Morgan, Regional Health and Wellness Director for Sam's Clubs. Good morning, everybody. This is Amanda Tolson with Envision America. So I'm really excited to be here this morning and talking in front of everybody. Even more excited that we have Walmart here. I am so proud of the partnership that we have with them and what they're doing in our communities. Um, Let's give them a round of applause. So... I'd like to hear, um, by the sound of your claps, how many of you know about Script Talk? And how many of you use Script Talk? Very nice. How many of you know Walmart? (laughs) And how many of you are using Script Talk at Walmart today? Ooh. And I wanted to say that because I wanted to make sure everybody understands that all Walmarts and Sam's Clubs throughout the United States will offer Script Talk based on request. So if you need Script Talk and your pharmacy does not provide the service, you have a place to go. By, I want to hear some claps on this one. How many of you want Script Talk but you've been unable to get it with your pharmacy? It sounds like you have a home to go to. 
Again, I'm really proud of this partnership. I think that Walmart has set a precedence for other pharmacies that this should be available upon request at the pharmacy counter and that you won't have to wait for these services anymore uh, through mail order or any other means like that. And I really think that's, that's my piece here. Thanks, Clark. Thanks, Amanda. I'm Warren Moore, and I get the pleasure to, to work for Walmart. I'm a pharmacist by trade and been with the company 17 years. At Walmart, our pharmacy business has been serving customers for over 40 years. We have a history of launching products and programs that have transformed the industry. We believe that our customers should not have to break the bank to treat their chronic diseases and we also are committed to accessibility and medication safety for all patients. Since 2012, Walmart and Sam's Club have made Script Talk audible prescription labels available at all pharmacies across the nation. As many of you know, Script Talk prescription labels are provided for patients who are blind, low vision, or print impaired. And this technology reads prescription information out loud to the patient. It reads the patient's name, the drug name, dosage, use instructions, warnings, amongst other things. Best of all, this service is provided at no charge to our patients. Upon a single patient's request, we equipped our pharmacies to provide this service to our patients. With the proper equipment, all Walmart and Sam's Club pharmacies place an RFID label on the bottom of the patient's prescription bottle. The patient then places the bottle on a small battery-operated device called Script Talk Station that is provided by Envision America. We are proud to continue our partnership with Envision America who is the leader in the pharmacy accessibility for blind, low vision, and print impaired, and they've been doing it for more than 20 years. Walmart, Sam's Club, the American Council of the Blind, and Envision America agree that it's time to stop making blind, low vision, and print impaired patients wait for talking labels and make them readily available upon request. So today we stand here in partnership with these organizations and we look forward to serving this community for years to come. Kevin Morgan from Sam's Club, I have the Northeast. I will tell you, we have got a handful of clubs uh, with Sam's Club that offer this service as well. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing that I've heard Warren say and Amanda was request. So uh, patients that request will very timely have this delivered. The pharmacy is already set up to take care of this in a very quick amount of time. Uh, biggest thing is request. I love to get into our clubs and tour this process. Our pharmacists are committed to care of patients, and this is just another area where we can care for patients at a deeper level. And I'll tell you that our pharmacists are very proud of this and look forward to expanding this service to others. So thank you very much and have a great conference.
ladies and gentlemen, please let's give another hand for the great work and collaboration that Walmart and Envision America are doing. Again, this is over 1,200 stores and this is nationwide. This is Walmart being a leader in this space. You know, uh, Oregon recently passed an accessible prescription label state law. Walmart's not waiting for other states to follow the lead of Nevada and Oregon. They're out in front on this issue. And if you'd like to learn more and sign up for Script Talk, there will be information on the acb.org website uh, and more information and press materials will be rolling out in the, the coming weeks and on the ACB Advocacy Update podcast on this issue. So again, thank you, Walmart and Envision America for your leadership. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Another special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind is celebrating its 50th anniversary. Richard Villa of Austin, Texas is the treasurer of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. It's been a long time getting here, 50 years. But um, before I tell you about some of the things that have happened recently, we have to go back 50 years to see why and how it all happened. Back in 50 years, it would have been uh, 1969, and that's quite a memorable year historically. You had the moon landing, you had Woodstock. You know, um, for, for anybody that doesn't remember Woodstock, don't worry, there are people that attended there that don't remember Woodstock. <laughs> and we had the age of Aquarius, you know, peace and understanding and all that jazz, you know. So anyway, for some time, there were several programs around the country that were uh, training persons who were blind or visually impaired computer programming. And uh, the, the individuals were coming out with very little with respect to technology or accessibility. It amounted to a piece of elastic, Garter Elastic and uh, a deck of cards with a program. And these people were going out with this elastic and say, to this and this program, I can do the job for you. That really wasn't working too well. And people being that there was a blind vine started finding out about each other. And they tried having meetings around the country and they weren't working out too good. But, but some had been attending HCB convention and uh, they decided in 69 that maybe they ought to form an organization. And so in 1969, they formed an organization called VITPI, Visually Impaired Data Processors International. They decided that would meet at the same time that ACB would, would meet because that way they could take advantage of the uh, exhibit hall and see what new technology was available. 
As they continued doing that and waiting for technology, then early in the 70s, by George, the Opticon came out. And that was a really game changer because now not only could they read their listings in actual print, but they could also read the terminal screens with the attachment that they could hook to it. Well, that all worked for a while. They kept on doing that, and they, they held uh, their meetings and had different kind of presentations. You know, how do you do flowcharts when you're blind and, and such? And uh, they continued to meet with, with uh, ACB, and then came the microcomputer. And that started causing new things to happen. The new uh, computers and these primitive voice synthesizers, there were some clever people that were out there that decided they could, they could probably make them work together and come up with a program. Yeah, people like Larry Skutkan, who works at APH, is one of the, one of the forefront adopters of, of uh, this, this uh, work. And he developed programs for the Apple computer, and so people are now beginning to use computers. And then in 1981, the PC came on the market, and of course, more and more people started getting into development. So now, now we have computers that we can use. And we were going along with DOS and using computers and then getting to applications and started to do checkbooks and bank accounting and word processing. And then some ugly thing rose its head in the late 80s. The graphical user interface, Windows. That really became a problem because this is all something now that's totally graphical. We can't see it. We can't work with it. We were really worried. We had a couple of, of our members attended um, CSUN back in 1992, and a Microsoft representative had to be, happened to be there from their accessibility group. They told me about it. I said, well, let me at him. I was, I was a program chairman then. I said, let me at him. I want him. And I started talking with him, and he was really hesitant to want to come out here because he was afraid that somebody was going to lynch him. <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what. If they want to lynch you, I'll take the lynching. But you come out here, and I think you'll find that it's not, it's not so bad. In 1993, at the San Francisco Convention, he was there. We got IBM with their talking uh, program for OS2 and, and other people that were there. There was a lady from uh, Georgia Tech that was working on, on accessibility for X Windows for uh, Linux. So these people were there and we had a great program that year. Now, I always said that things happen for a reason. That was the only year that Texas Affiliate had an, a suite. I took the liberty and invited them up to, to the suite so they could sit in comfort and, and uh, chat. Well, they chatted for a while to the point that after several hours, the president came and ran them out of there. <laughs> they were having such a good time. And they, from then on, they, they continued to exchange information. And finally, the, there was a solution so that programmers could actually access the computer information from uh, Windows. Well, we went through that, and then uh, in the early 2000s, there um, seemed to be more and more ubiquitous technology that needed access. So we took that under, under um, consideration, and, and uh, more people were asking to join the organization. So instead of 
just professionals, we changed our governance documents and allowed anyone that had interest in the use of and uh, wanted to learn computers. So our membership grew and we had uh, more members join. Uh, a lot of the ones that were in VISI then joined us and we have done other th additional things. We start having conferences uh, over computer services and those worked for a while and then the greatest thing to come to us was Zoom. Now with Zoom, we have a conference room that, that holds, I want to call them Zoominars, not webinars. They're Zoominars where we have presentations for the members. Sometimes we have some that are open to the public. We have our board meetings on it. We have a Saturday night chat. And more and more, we're, we're having more activities that we can hold on Zoom. It's a great tool for communication and information. So as we go into our 51st year, I would say that it, as long as there's technology that's coming on the market that requires us to learn how to deal with the technology and accessing, there will be a need for bits. I know myself, I, I've told people that as long as I can put one foot in, in front of the other, I'll, I'll be there working with it. So I thank you for the time and let's go and, uh, and continue accessing our technology. That was Richard Villa, treasurer of Blind Information Technology Specialists, discussing the organization's 50 years of achievement and technology. ACB's advocacy and outreach specialist, Claire Stanley, has been appointed to the newly created Air Carrier Access Act Advisory Committee. Carla Rushville shared the announcement of the appointment in the current edition of Sound Prints, the monthly audio program of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. The American Council of the Blind is excited to share that Claire Stanley, ACB Advocacy and Outreach Specialist, has been named to the Air Carrier Access Act Advisory Committee. Claire is one of nine disability rights advocates represented on the committee, along with airport and airline representatives. As a guide dog user and passionate transportation advocate, Claire brings a wealth of knowledge and personal experience to her role on the advisory committee. Here is the press release that accompanied this announcement. DOT 60-19, Friday, September 20, 2019. Contact press office at dot.gov. U.S. Department of Transportation announces formation and membership of the Air Carrier Access Act Advisory Committee. Washington, U.S. Department of Transportation, DOT, Secretary Elaine L. Chow, Today announced the formation of the Air Carrier Access Act Advisory Committee, ACAA Advisory Committee, and the appointment of 19 members. The ACAA Advisory Committee is being established pursuant to the FAA Reauthorization Act of 2018. The committee's charter is available online. The ACAA Advisory Committee will advise the Secretary about issues relating to the air travel needs of passengers with disabilities. It will identify and assess disability-related access barriers encountered by air travelers with disabilities, evaluate the extent to which DOT's programs and activities are addressing these disability-related access barriers, and recommend actions to improve the air travel experience of passengers with disabilities. 
On or before November 20, 2020, the ACAA Advisory Committee will submit a report to the Secretary on the needs of passengers with disabilities in air travel. The first meeting of the ACAA Advisory Committee is expected to occur in early 2020 and will be open to the public. The Department will issue a Federal Register Notice announcing the date of the first meeting after coordinating with the ACAA Advisory Committee members. Within six months of its first meeting, the ACAA Advisory Committee will submit a report to the Secretary and appropriate committees of Congress on whether current regulations with respect to the practices for ticketing, pre-flight seat assignments, access to bulkhead seating, and stowing of assistive devices for passengers with disabilities should be modified. As required by the FAA Act, the Secretary has appointed at least one representative from each of the following groups, passengers with disabilities, national disability organizations, air carriers, airport operators, contract service providers, aircraft manufacturers, wheelchair manufacturers, and national veterans organizations representing disabled veterans. For certain categories, there are more than one representative to ensure multiple perspectives are represented and membership is balanced. In selecting ACAA Advisory Committee members, the Secretary focused on four main criteria. One, representativeness. Does the applicant represent a significant stakeholder group described above? Two, expertise. Does the applicant bring essential knowledge, expertise, and or experience regarding accessibility? Three, balance. Do selected applicants comprise a balanced array of representative and expert stakeholders? And four, willingness to participate fully. Is the applicant able and willing to attend the listed meetings and generally contribute constructively to a rigorous policy development process? The ACAA Advisory Committee members selected by the Secretary are 1. Michelle Albert, Interior Technical Fellow, Boeing Commercial Airplanes, as representative of aircraft manufacturers. 2. Zainab, Z-A-I-N-A-B, Alkebsi, A-L-K-E-B-S-I, Policy Council, National Association of the Deaf as representative of National Disability Organizations. 3. Heather Ansley, A-N-S-L-E-Y, Associate Executive Director of Government Relations, Paralyzed Veterans of America, as representative of National Veterans Organizations, representing disabled veterans. 4. Tom Devine, General Counsel, Airports Council International, North America, as representative of airport operators. 5. Dana Folsom, Corporate Compliance Disability Program Manager, Delta Airlines, as representative of air carriers. 6. Mark Gregg, G-R-E-I-G, Vice President of Research and Development, Sunrise Medical, as representative of wheelchair manufacturers. 7. E. Keith Hansen, Vice President, Airports and Government Affairs, Allegiant Air, as representative of air carriers. 8. Doug Lavin, L-A-V-I-N, Vice President, North America, International Airline Transport Association, as representative of air carriers. 9. 
Nicholas Libasi, L-I-B-A-S-S-I, Vice President, Partnership Expansion, United Spinal Association as Representative of National Disability Organizations. 10. Paige Mazzani, M-A-Z-Z-O-N-I, Chief Executive Officer, Canine Companions for Independence as Representative of National Disability Organizations. 11. Doug Mullen, Vice President and Deputy General Counsel, Airlines for America as Representative of Air Carriers. 12. Ramakant, R-A-M-A-K-A-N-T, Rambatla, R-A-M-B-H-A-T-L-A, Vice President of Engineering and Chief Engineer, Invacare Corporation, as representative of wheelchair manufacturers. 13. Lawrence Rowland, R-O-L-O-N, Coordinator for Disability Services, Los Angeles World Airports, as representative of airport operators. 14. Kenneth Shiotani, S-H-I-O-T-A-N-I, Senior Staff Attorney, National Disability Rights Network, as representative of National Disability Organizations. 15. James Sinoki, S-I-N-O-C-C-H-I, as representative of Passengers with Disabilities and Chair of the ACAA Advisory Council. 16. Claire Stanley, Advocacy and Outreach Specialist, American Council of the Blind, as representative of National Disability Organizations. 17. Kristen Stevenson, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N, Senior Vice President and Chief Policy and Community Engagement Officer, Muscular Dystrophy Association, as representative of National Disability Organizations. 18. Joanne Story, S-T-O-R-I-E, Senior Vice President of Risk Management, Prospect Airport Services, as representative of contract service providers. 19. Gregory Reed, Advisor and Member, Disabled American Veterans, as representative of National Veterans Organizations, representing disabled veterans. That was Carla Rushevel reporting from Soundprints, the monthly audio program of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.